0: There we go. All right. There we go. All right. So, uh, tonight we're going to be in 1 Kings chapter 19. And so, while you're turning there, um, essentially, uh, in, in tonight's passage, right, we're going to take a look at what life sometimes has to offer, right? So, through the course of the day, uh, we, we, we went on a progression, right, that, that started with the calling of a man uh, who in, in changed his direction, Uh, which brought a change of identity. Then we talked about facing those changes, how God gives the victory, right? And uh, so, but now we're going to look at the reality that sometimes in the Christian life, discouragements uh, are going to arise while we're following the Lord, right? So it's just just something that's going to happen. It rains on the just and the unjust just the same, right? So as G.I. Joe said, knowing is half the battle, right? So let's just let's just take an honest approach that hey discouragements discouragements are going to come our way right and so uh, if you've lived a little bit you know that the the, the, the trials uh, you know that discouragements the despairs right they're going to arise right so instead of uh, instead of pretending that everything in the Christian life is all hunky dory let's just kind of take a look at that these things are going to happen and what can we do about them once we get there right? And so I think that'll help us a whole lot more than just pretending that all is all is going to be well every day, right? And so we're going to use Elijah here tonight, right, as is an example to look at, right? And not only will he see that this can happen to the strong of us because Elijah was a very strong man, right? This guy this guy this guy was an animal from a manly sense. But he still faced discouragement, right? Trouble still arose and, uh, and he found himself under the juniper tree. and So that's what I'd like to take a look at tonight. And uh, we're just going to start in 1 Kings chapter 19 right here in verse 1. And we'll go through our passage and then come back around and, and kind of dig into it. So uh, verse 1, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and withal how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, So let the gods do to me, and more also, if I make not thy life as one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he had saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a juniper tree, and he requested for himself that he might die. Now that's bad. And said, It is enough now, Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals, and a cruise of water at his head. And he did eat and drink, and lay down again. And then the angel of the Lord came again a second time, and touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose, and did eat and drink, and he went in the strength of that meat forty days and forty nights unto Horeb the mount of God." And he came thither unto the cave and lodged there. And, behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth, and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And, behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest anoint Hazael to be king over Syria, and Jehu the son of Nimshi, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha the son of Shaphat of Abel, Mahola, shalt thou anoint to be prophet in thy room? And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazael shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left, <clears throat> excuse me, even 7,000 in Israel, all the knees of which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth that hath not kissed him. So, here's the thing. Trouble's going to come, right? We talked about That's the reality of living under the sun, right? And one thing is, is that troubles do come to everybody. But in here, we see a little bit of a hatred going on, right? Now, we should expect that, right? They're going to hate you to a degree because they hated him, right? The one that we followed, our Lord Jesus Christ, right? The people hated him. Now, back in chapter 18, we won't go through it all, but there was a showdown that took place right and the majority of that showdown was there in support of Baal right now there's 450 prophets and they're crying out to Baal all day long and they're climbing up on the altar and they're cutting themselves and they're doing all they're taking it to this extreme to try to show that their god is is the god right obviously there's nothing that's going to come from that and so Elijah's kind of mocking him you know and eventually it's his turn and and he takes it to a next level and he repairs the altar and he dumps a bunch of water on it right I mean here comes the fire and he's dumping water all over this thing right and so you know the Lord calls down fire burns up the sacrifice and, and here we are right and so here's the thing right they had called on Baal all day with no response right and Elijah does this thing that he takes it to a point like nobody starts a campfire by walking out there, putting up some wood, and dumping a bunch of, of water on it, right? And so you would think that in a moment like this, this would be drawing people closer to God, right? And further away from these false prophets, right? But that's, that's not what happened. But isn't that what we expect when we're witnessing, you know? When you make it very clear and plain, right, the influence of our Lord is all over so much, right? Once you're, once you're saved and, and that veil's been taken away and you can kind of see, like you see that the Lord is all over everything. It's incredible, really. So many different things are influenced by that. And when you know and you see it, you're like, wow, no kidding, you know? but then the lost world you know they 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 don't notice it they they think that this is like the the imagination or creation of of something else but so many things come from our book right and so here's the thing like as as Elijah's dealing with the situation or as we're witnessing like this is very clear and plain right this should be drawing people to the lord but for some reason that's not that's not what happened right instead we have Jezebel, Ahab goes back, tells Jezebel, and Jezebel's like, oh, no, he didn't. And so she's sending out a letter like, I'm going to take off his head, right? And I have a thought about that. You know what I think it is? It's like, uh, I think it's an authority issue, right? And I could be wrong, but when you're talking about those 450 prophets of Baal, nothing came from that, right? Like, nothing. What would Jezebel worry about the authority of Baal, right, inside her kingdom? because there's nothing to do with that. But then when you confront her with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the creator of all things, like, yeah, you're supposed to obey the authorities. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. But what I am saying is, if your authority isn't willing to subject themselves to Jesus Christ, then now we have a problem. And I think that was the issue, right? Baal didn't threaten her. But Elijah does. And so here's the thing. Like, sometimes when we're out in the world, And we feel like, you know, have you ever laid down, like, the perfect witness? You had the right words, the right timing, the right verses. You know, you asked the right questions. And so you lay everything out just as clear as Elijah just did. This this should be a golden moment, having a breakthrough. And you end up walking away, and you're feeling like they're kind of mocking you behind you and ridiculing you. And, you know, it's like, what just happened there, right? It's almost like it's almost like the situation is worse off than when you started, you know? And so that's where Elijah is, right? He was just, he was just coming off a victory. Things were going right. This is going great. And just just boom, all of a sudden, it's, it's back the other way, right? And so now um, the discouragement here is going to set in. Is this? Should I raise this or lower it? I think my suit's rubbing on it. Okay. Sorry about that. All right, so jump back into verse 3. Because uh, the the discouragement's going to set in here. So, and when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey in the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested himself that he might die and said, It is now enough. It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my followers. And, (coughs) excuse me, we'll just stop there. So Elijah is a warrior, right? Elijah is a warrior. He just went through this thing. He literally just slew 450 prophets of Baal, right? So in chapter 18, verse 40, it's right here. And Elijah said unto them, take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. 450 prophets, right? That's a lot. Let's picture that just for a moment here, okay? How gruesome would it be to pull out your sword and kill 450 people, right? 450 people would not fit in this room. I have to believe. No? No. About 400? 300. Okay. 300 people would fit in this room, and this room is pretty big, and you need another 150 people, and this man just killed them all. Right Uh, now, you got to think about the type of energy that would take. Not only would he have to be able to stomach that, but like that's going to play a role on his mental right because you still got to go to sleep tonight, and this is going to take a lot of energy, right? So, you can't do something like that without investing time, without investing emotion, and without investing your energy, right? And so Elijah's all in right now. He is fully invested, okay? And so here's the thing. By the time this whole thing wraps up, before he even gets that letter, this man is spent. He is completely spent. And that's a dangerous place to be in, right? I have kids. Sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I, I try to be on top of them, you know, because if you're on top of things, if you're, if you're noticing things, then you know, uh, then, 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 then hopefully you can keep things in check or whatever. But there's times that I'm just spent and it's like, all right, I'm not going to go yell at them right now because I just don't have it in me right now, right? And that's where Elijah is, except for his situation is far more serious than whether or not somebody, you know, left their cup in the living room. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So this man, this man is completely spent. There is no firing squad. What he just went through, like, that was a full-on task. It wasn't easy, right? And so now he receives this message, and because he's already spent, the discouragement sets in, and he runs. And he drops his servant somewhere safe, and he heads off into the wilderness, and now he's going to seclude himself, right? He's just getting away from it all. He's, I'm done. I'm done. I put it all out there, and this is what I get. I'm done. And he goes, Right? And so here's the thing i it reminds me of when 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 you know in our sense, like we have a bad day and somebody's like, "I just want to go crawl into a hole, you know, and it's it's like that sort of thing, maybe on steroids here, right, because our usually somebody's not trying to kill us, right, so I personally have never probably felt to this extent, right, but I've been very discouraged when I was discouraged, I didn't necessarily seek a a, a shade tree to go. Lay under, you know. We have houses in today's day and age, but have you ever been in a spot that you just didn't want to get out of bed? You know, it's just like, what's the point? You know, and you start to question everyone and everything, and you're going through your mind like, how did I? I don't get it. You know, and it's just, it's literally to you're you're just pushed to your match, and it's like I don't I don't even I don't even see the reason to get up and fight this battle. That's where Elijah is, right? And so we talk about mountaintops and valleys in the Christian life, right, or, or really life in general, like, right? I mean, we have the Lord to seek, but our lost, our lost friends out there, you know, there's mountaintops and valleys that are just associated with life, right? I mentioned that it rains on the just and unjust just the same. So here we have, though, this is a man of God here, and he just went from a mountaintop of victory to, and that's the thing about mountain tops and valleys is that that fall to the valley can be very steep. And that's what just happened. From the mountaintop of valley to or the the mountaintop of victory to the valley of despair. And that's where Elijah is now, right? It's to the point that he says, "It's enough, O oh Lord, take away my life," right? And so, here's the thing, and this is this is the point, right, of this of this of this message here tonight is that if you've lived long enough, you've been there. And it's, the worst part is that you're going to be there again. We're all going to be there again. And we don't know when, but I do know that it's going to happen again. We're not just going to be able to sail out. Unless the Lord calls us home tonight, which I hope he does. I hope I don't even make it home. I'd rather, I'll see my wife and kids. We'll meet, like, somewhere in the, as we go up. I'd be okay with that. But if that doesn't happen, then it's going to happen again. And when it happens again, I want us to be armed and prepared and at least with a plan in mind of, okay, here it comes. How do I react now? Okay? Because we have to remember what Daniel said, but there's a God in heaven. Right? No matter what's happening, there's a God in heaven. And so when we get to this moment, as it's approaching, what do we need? We need a touch from God. Right? So... Let's go back to verse 5 here, where we at. And as he lay and slept under the juniper tree, behold, then an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baking on the coals and a cruse of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid him down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he arose and did eat and drink and went in the strength of that forty days or the strength of that meat, 40 days and 40 nights under Horeb, the Mount of God, right? 40 days and 40 nights. And he's starting to get back on his feet, right? A couple days have passed. He's eating, he's drinking, the Lord's coming to deal with them. Um and so, you know, he's he's kind of making progress. He's not under the tree. Now he's moved into a cave. I, I guess I don't know if that's better or not. He's not willing to get rained on anymore. Um but but he's 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 He's, he's moving again. He's got himself at least out of bed, right? So, so I've been to the spot that I didn't want to get out of bed, but now I'm getting out of bed and I'm roaming the house, but I'm just not ready to get back out there and deal with them, right? Because the thing is, he's, he's talking to the Lord again, but he still lost his faith in humanity, right? He's still, he's just not there yet. In verse 10, it kind of, it said it was, uh, where's it at? I, even I only, am left. He truly believes that, right? So it's basically like, Lord, I'm okay, but these people, I can't deal with these people, right? And so here's the thing. When you put your focus on the wrong thing, right, it's going to discourage you. It's going to be disheartening, right? In a moment like this, if you stay focused on that wrong thing, you can fall, you can fall into this, into the spot that, that, that Elijah is. Because when you go from that mountaintop and then it doesn't work out or something happens and it drops you down and now you're questioning everything and you're looking around and you start looking out at the world, right? You start thinking about our enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil and you start looking around and you're like, man, I think they're winning this war, you know? you look around and you're like, they seem to be having a good time over there and they're having a good time over there and this is all hunky-dory and great and, you know, they tell me I have the Lord, but where am I, you know? And so you start to look at that and you're like, man, I think they're living the war. And maybe, maybe they are. Maybe they are. I mean, it does feel like we're outnumbered, right? So maybe they are. But we're not living for this life right now right? We, we have the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And so we should keep pushing forward because no matter what they're doing, right, the Lord still has us, right? And so we can try to win the ones that we can, you know, but we need to keep our focus for looking for that day. Like I said, hopefully I don't even make it home, right? It doesn't matter what the world does. If I don't make it home because we get called out of here, does it matter to me what the world does? Not for, not for a sliver. Right? I'm done. I'm out. I'm gone. And at that point, I won't even let the Lord down no more. Right? I'll be free from sin. Right? I'll be be given my glorified body. I'll be given a mind like Christ. I will never fail him again. And at that point, I can literally do everything that comes to mind. Anything and everything that comes to mind at that point, I am free to do because I now have a mind like Christ. And a mind like Christ is not going to lead me into sin. Right? Fantastic! You know what? While we're thinking about that, you know, so if we get a glorified body and a mind like Christ, right, we're going to be like him, right? And he he ascended out of here, right? He flew out of here. That means we're really going to get to fly too, right? Like, how cool is that, right? I mean, isn't that cool? I, I I'm going to drive home, but if I end up flying instead along the way, like that is awesome. I'm just saying. So, if you put your focus in the wrong place, right, now, that, it's going to mess with you, right? So, here's the thing. So, uh, where were we? I'm sorry. I got all off track there. So, when you put your focus in the wrong thing, right, you lose that place where God speaks to you, okay? Because Elijah is now focused on all this chaos, right? There was the wind that ran the mountains. There was the earthquake. There was the fire. The Lord was not in any of that, Right? The Lord had nothing to do with any of that chaos, right? And so the thing is, when chaos ensues, right, when we when we go from that victory to that despair, and now we don't know what to do, if you keep looking at that chaos, right, the Lord is not gonna be there. When you're getting to that spot or you are at that spot or or it's approaching, you have to recognize, like, okay, I need to, I need to disconnect from this and I need to go find myself a quiet corner, right? I need to get to that place that God talks to me. Because when he talks to me, it's in a still, small voice. He's not going to talk to me while I'm standing in the chaos, right? He is not the author of confusion, right? If you're looking there, you're looking in the wrong spot, okay? Now, verse 14. And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts because their children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. Now, I think when we read this verse, I think we have a different Elijah than when he said that a few verses ago. Um, I, back in verse 10, right? So, like, like, I have kids, you have kids, and when something happens... And they're all excited and they're like, you know, uh, let's say uh, my son fell off the bike one time and one of my daughters runs up and she's like, they, they just fell off his bike and his legs leaving it all over the place, right? It's just, just like all this excitement, right? And then sometimes, right, so you, you let that moment pass and then you touch back on it later, right? Maybe not that. Maybe you don't just leave your son out there. But I'm saying that sometimes in the, in the, the, the craziness of the moment, you have to touch back on something to be a much more calmer approach, right? Now now that we've calmed down, we can actually make some progress. So when I see that verse 14, I imagine it the first time, like, I've been very jealous from the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thy altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I am and I am only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. And that's how I picture him saying it the first time. And now the Lord's coming back, he's he's calming down, he's 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 focusing on that place where he talks to God, not the chaos, and so now his demeanor has changed, right? Now it's I've been very jealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, they've thrown down thy altars, they've slain thy prophets with the sword, and I, even I only, am left, and they seek my life to take it away, right? Totally different thing uh, from, from the first time this was addressed, right? He's been on a roller coaster of emotion. You can't fault him for, for his reaction the first time, right? You can't even fault him for, for the way that this all happened. You know, we can learn from other people's mistakes, and, and it's, I don't even, you know, I don't want to call it a mistake because we've all been there, right? We've all been there. Can we say that this was a mistake that he ran and hid? I mean, I guess maybe, but then I'm guilty too, you know, because it's not always a good day. It's not always a good day, and so by Elijah going through this, we can look at it, and we can learn from it, okay? And so the Lord showed up, you know, the Angel of the Lord, in the Old Testament. That's the the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ is is there to meet with them. He he gets them through. He comforts them. He feeds them. He he sustains them. Right? He gets them back up on his feet. Right? And here we are. Uh, the the Lord's talking to him now. He he shows them all this chaos and says, "Look, I'm not in that chaos, right? I'm I'm over here." And so Elijah comes over here and he's talking to him. He's got a different demeanor, right? And he's 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 bringing all his cares to the Lord, which we should do, right? But now he's doing it in a more uh, 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 in a way that that he he's gonna get an answer, okay? Um, when 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 we're just part of the chaos, right? then we almost have to separate ourselves to a degree, right? Like, Jesse, calm down, you know. Get over here, get on your knees, talk to the Lord, right? Stop it, Jesse, right? And so here's the thing. The Lord didn't skip a beat, right? The Lord didn't skip a beat. Immediately he told him, he said, arise and go, right? Right? He gives them something. He tells them, look, you're going to go anoint this guy. You're going to anoint that guy. You're going to anoint this guy. And he's going to kill some of those people. And he's going to kill some of these people. And whoever's left over, he's going to kill those people. Now go. Right? The Lord didn't waste a second to say, how could you have felt this way? I just did this miracle for you. Like, I just did this amazing thing. Now, don't we do that sometimes? Don't we do something nice for somebody, something we consider to be amazing, and they're happy about it for about two minutes, and then they don't seem to care anymore, and it's like, I just put in so much work for you. Notice that the Lord didn't do that. You know, that, that's, that's comforting, right? Why is that comforting? Because from time to time, we're all spoiled brats. Sometimes I think that the Lord gives us children so we can see how He sees us. I mean that. Amen. So, right? So, now here's the thing. Flip over to Psalm 103 real quick. Psalm 103 and verse 13. Like as a father pitieth his children... So the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. What a blessing. Because we are going to be a mess, right? In, in, in In chapter 19 and verse 7, he said, Because the journey is too great for thee. And here's the thing. The journey is too great for me, and for you, and for you, and for you, and for you. And so we're going to fall, and the Lord even knows we're going to fall. and He knows our frame, right? And it's not that we fell, right? It's how, what, where to go now, okay? Where to go now? Where to go now is to take your eyes off of that, get your heart off of that, you get it all off of that and get to that quiet place, right, where the Lord can where, you can, where you can fellowship again, where you can get strengthened, right? Because the thing is, you're not alone, right? So verse 18, what verse 18? It said, yet I have left me 7,000 in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which has not kissed him, right? Elijah wasn't alone. He said, I even I am left, right? Only I. Well, that wasn't the case. The Lord's like, look, man, there's 7,000 out there that haven't bowed that knee, right? There's a message that sits right there in that verse. You know, you could, you could probably write a whole outline just on that. 7,000 haven't bowed the knee. I mean, I'm here to tell you, my brothers and sisters, we got people out there too. As we look out, we're like, wow, it really feels like the world's winning this battle. I mean, there's not a check mark on all of us, but we're all around here. You know what I mean? You got brothers south of you, I assure you that. I'm one of them. We got brothers east, west, the Lord's in the north. I don't know what more we could want. I'm just saying we are not alone in this thing, even if in a moment we feel like we are, right? And so here's the thing. We are out there, right? And so we have each other to support each other, but in a moment that we don't we still have the lord right the world is going to want to overrun us right but when it tries and even if you are alone the answer is not that juniper tree it's that quiet corner on your knees talking to your lord talking to your father right now here's the thing if you continue reading right you'll find that all that all that stuff that Jezebel talked none of it panned out she's just like I picture her like little yippy dog, with a whole lot of bark, and there was no bite. Nothing ended up happening to Elijah. Elijah, that's Elijah got raptured out of here, right? I mean, he flew out of here too, right? I mean, how cool. And so the thing is, when we find ourselves in these moments, right? These struggles, this uncertainty, right? The answer isn't. The answer isn't to focus on that. The answer is to to cry out to him, to seek our Lord. And then once you've, once you've taken it to the Lord, right? So, dear Lord, these are my concerns, right? I mean, I don't know what to do. I have things on my plate too. I'm just a man just like anybody else. In this very moment, I have concerns and I'm not sure what to do with them. And I'm not saying that I always have the right answer, but I do know that the right answer is always to seek the Lord. Sometimes even when you think you have the right answer, it's still better to go ahead and seek the Lord because maybe He knows something you don't. You know? I I want the Lord to close doors if that's what's supposed to happen. No matter how bad I no matter how bad I might want that door open, if if that's a mistake, I want the Lord to close that door. So, in conclusion, right, through the course of the day, we looked at a progression, right? Uh, we had a man that was called to God, right? Because, uh, because it's not that we first loved him, it's that he first loved us, right? And so the Lord gives everybody an opportunity, right? A verily, verily. And so Paul responded. Paul's, Paul's sign was pretty clear with the manifestation of Jesus Christ. But nonetheless, we had a man that was called from God, or called of God, right, uh, to, 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 to get saved, Right? And then that brought upon a change of direction, which brought upon a change of identity. And then we talked about how, how, um, how God gives the victory, how there there's these issues that, that prevent us from, from getting closer to him. We have these walls that stand between us. We, we have a domain that he's, he's willing to allow us to have, uh, but, but these walls stand between Him. And so he'll, he'll give us the victory if we seek him. And now what we're looking at is a brother or sister, myself, you, and anybody else that's even as tough as Elijah is going to face discouragements, right? So through the course of the day, here's the thing. The key to remember, the the purpose of the day was to remember the Lord, right? It was the Lord that called us, right? And so we're on that mountaintop of victory. We need to remember the Lord. When we get to the spot where we're in this valley of despair, We need to remember the Lord, right? It was him who called us. It was him that blessed us, and it's him that's going to get us through, okay? And so in my conclusion, to be short and to the point, despite the circumstances that may be on your plate right now, and maybe they're not, maybe you're having a good day, but maybe there'll be circumstances on your plate tomorrow, right? Here's the thing. When those things show up, remember that there is a God in heaven. And in those moments, we are to seek Him. We are to seek Him, right? To go to Him on our knees in prayer and cry out to Him for help. Go there. Don't go to that juniper tree. That's it. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this opportunity to gather here tonight, and I thank you for the the folks that you brought out, and we thank you for. Uh, for the day we've had, Lord, just to 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 meet and to, to talk about Your Word, Lord, and I pray, Lord, that You'd uh, that You ministered to us, Lord, uh, myself included. We all need these these words, Lord. We all need to be strengthened by You. And it's easy to um, to hold on to them while we're still here, Lord, but it's when we get back out there that the that the the troubles, the the things that stand between us, the discouragements, all the all the problems that we face show up once we get outside these walls, Lord. And uh, I just pray that you'd soak it into us, that you'd strengthen us. And uh, I pray that when those troubles do arise, that we'd seek you, Lord, that that you would be the solution, Lord, because because you are. And we just, uh, we thank you so much for, for allowing us to meet here tonight and to, to, to learn from you and uh, and to hear your word, Lord. And we uh, just pray that you get us all home safely. And we thank you so much, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen.